Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hello and welcome back to a Jordan Poole edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Marcus Thompson, there's plenty to get to. I mean, this is essentially a first-half wrap-up um, where, I mean, we could we later can definitely zoom out and go wider scope where things are as they enter the break 19 and 18. But, I mean, Jordan Poole's the story of the night. You know, they lose by whatever 28 points in phoenix um because they sit they rest steph and and draymond but jordan Poole in his return 26 points in 26 minutes 10 of 16 shooting and this wasn't just whatever garbage mop-up stuff this was done against jay crowder javon carter devin booker and it was it was three-point bombs creative drives to the rim some really impressive stuff yo have we seen this before i was thinking about this as i'm watching this have we seen somebody not look like they belong, go to the G League, and come back looking this good? I don't know. I was thinking maybe Quinn Cook, but I don't think Quinn Cook didn't look like he belonged, right? He just looked like a guy who needed some time. But he had Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook never looked like he could be Jordan Clarkson or you know some version of Lou Williams. Like I'm not saying Jordan Poole is going to be that, but Jordan Poole because of his size and some of the creativity on the drive and you know some of his playmaking looks more like he at age 21 could become a six-man scorer quinn cook like yeah he he provided some stuff and helped and shot it off ball but he wasn't yeah, he that wasn't this, mostly yeah. just because of size and mostly just because of size and he was like who he was already right like you know he was that on the hawks i think before he got to the warriors uh but yeah i mean jordan Poole has gone from a guy who at one point many people thought he wasn't gonna make it in this league he was on par with Jacob Evans, who, by the way, balled out in G League. But and then he comes back against Phoenix, and he's got 26 points in 26 minutes. Uh, he looks like a different player. He looks incredibly confident. He looks like all that off-season hype uh, like was real, right? And, you know, this is what we expected to see based on what they were saying about how hard he was working and how good he looked. This is what we expected to see. 
and it just randomly pops up. Like it feels so random that this came out of nowhere. I mean, he hit a few threes and a and a blowout it didn't game. Really come out of nowhere. It feels like it did though. What? Dude, what is he had twenty six? Like he's he looked good I mean, I tonight. Good, good, good. He looked like he was going against G League defenders. I mean, but he's been doing this in the G League. We've no, yeah, been yeah, talking yeah, about this on the Warriors no question, Plus Minus no podcast for two weeks. I, I just like, mean that's over where it, like the last two weeks, it feels like it came out of nowhere. Like over this, just you yeah. know, from the whatever three years he's been doing, two years he's been doing this. Uh, he just went down to the G League, started dominating, and suddenly became one of the Warriors' top young prospects. Like, he did a miniature version of this last year. Remember, yep. they sent him to the G League. He was like, when you're, you, what you're referring to is like when he looked like a non NBA player yes. was his first two months where they had to have him in the rotation because of the injuries. Right, Steph breaks his hand. Russell was like in and out of the rotation. They just needed players, and they he was overwhelmed. He should have been in the G League, but instead he was playing like 25 minutes on the worst team in the NBA. And I believe you'd have to go. It was either January or December. He made one two point shot the entire month, and he was like a rotation player for an entire month. I think he was like one of like 24 on two and 20% from three. It was like one of the most, one of the least efficient months by a score ever. Um, and it was like, man, they, they whiffed on that pick, right? Because we, we yes, judged stuff no too early. I mean, no we're about question. to get to James Wiseman and we're about to do some judging yeah. pretty soon. But, um, and then he went to the G League and then they traded Evans and Russell at the deadline in those last like 13 games before the pandemic hit. He did some impressive stuff. Go look at his passing highlights, some of his scoring highlights. He shot at okay percentage. Yeah. And then the pandemic hits, you get nine months of basically no basketball. He doesn't get a summer league. You hear from the from the Warriors staff that he he's working really hard. He's getting better. Remember, like that was kind of the story um, when they had their little mini bubble. And he was good in the bubble. I remember I watched the after about eight months of no basketball, I watched their inner squad scrimmage and he was the best player in it. Um, but it was like, it's a little tough. It's like, I'll believe it when I see it. They do the Wanamaker thing. He plays off ball early in the season. He was okay, but he was just, he was off the ball in, in, a, in a bad offensive lineup. And then oddly, they committed to sending him to the G League. And do you remember the game before? It was actually the same game Wiseman got hurt yeah, against he, the Pistons. Yeah, he, he got hot, right? And, uh, yeah, he had like four threes. Yeah. I think he scored like 19 points in like 20 minutes or something like that. And Steve Kerr was even asked post game like, does this change your plans? He's, He's like, like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> He's getting on the plane. Uh, and then, you know, I think that was correct. I mean, clearly he gained a rhythm no in Orlando. No but I don't think this came out of nowhere. I'm, yeah, I, I think it does. I mean, look, people were just ready to give up on him. Just, I guess you would say, when did this start, right? Would you say that game? The game before the G League bubble? Like, what game was that? that? Yeah, I mean, like, he he wasn't bad in the... There was a moment where I remember they tried him over Michael Mulder in, like, Utah when they got blown out in Utah. It was, like, right around that stretch. And people were like, why are they playing him over Michael Mulder? I mean, I was maybe even part that's of that. That's what I'm saying. I think what like, we did. That's yeah. like during, like, it wasn't that long ago this dude was a lost cause. And now it's like, yo, you have something. Like, now it's like, put this guy in. The odd part tonight was how Steve Kerr is like, yeah, he's earned a few more minutes. <laughs> it was just like, yo, what are you doing? Put this guy in the game. What are you doing? Like, you. Look, I mean, this is. He's he has committed to this whole defensive identity. He 
wants the organization as his backup point guard. He doesn't like Poole's, you know, assist to turnover risk. He doesn't think Poole can guard the position. And he's been hesitant to to give him free reign. I mean, even tonight as he's scoring 26 points, I mean, like, Watermaker's mostly on the ball. Yeah, yeah. And... I mean, eventually Poole took over, and it was like, you know, it was it was such a flowing G League type game for them that eventually it was just like, yeah, just let him, let him go, and he did. But you know, I mean, it, it's it's a little like this isn't Kerr's type of player typically, but it kind of has nah, to be for yeah. this team. It, it, ha- it just does, and he's 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 just got to be more flexible. I mean, that's really just that simple. He's got to be more flexible because. Uh, I mean, Warnermaker is uh, a solid defender, uh, but he he's got matchups where he's not that great on defense either. Uh, so it's not like he's locked down. I don't think Jordan Poole is that bad on defense. He has his weaknesses, but they all do. It's just a matter of which one you think is which. Which weakness do you prefer, right? But bottom line is they have enough on defense. I mean, that's that's been clear. They can't score. They can't create yeah, shots. Wanamaker's Wanamaker is reason like or player number eight why they have a good defensive rating in the first right. Round. Yeah, right? you know it's like <laughs> like like sure, if, you, if help, you swap you know, him out, you still all right on defense, right? That's not the reason you're 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 good on defense, but they just can't score. And what what Jordan Poole like you can, you can see it now. He gets in the game. You know the other the other team doesn't have much information on him. All they got is some G League clips. Like the, he looks like a guy you got to guard. And the crazy part is through all of that, through hitting the side of backboards on corner threes, through shooting like in, impossible percentages and not looking like he belongs, he never lost his confidence. He's playing like a guy who has never been more confident, which is which is really crazy. He was a, he's a first round pick who got sent to the G League, which for many people was like you know you could take that as a knock and you could lose confidence. He got more confidence; it's increasing. So he he's quite the conundrum. I always liked Jordan Poole. I mean, I don't know if I saw you, the you Lou have, Williams thing have. though. I don't know if I, like when you say it, I, I see what you're saying. Like he could be. A Jordan Clarkson, but not not this year, not now. But you could see that he's trajectory. 21. Yeah, twenty one. You could see that Jordan trajectory. Clarkson just became Jordan. Absolutely. Clarkson. You know, we say Jordan Clarkson now, and you're like, oh, you mean like six man of the year, Jordan Clarkson? You know, averaging like eighteen off the bench, just got paid four years, fifty two million. But you know, second season Jordan Clarkson was just an inefficient chucker. Yes, really. absolutely. So, <laughs> so this is you like, know what, you need to build year, to, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I've, I've seen the obvious need for him over the last few weeks. Uh, you did see the skill early though. You know, you, you've been, you know, we even had joking podcasts this summer, right? Like, <laughs> right Don't yeah. give up on pool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's got to play and he's going to play. I mean, it, you, you, you can't ignore what happened tonight and, and, and the need and we can get to Wiseman, but is there anything else? You know, a pool. I thought the range tonight was interesting. You know, I know he can shoot it, and he's got a kind of a pure looking. He always has a good looking jumper. Yeah. It didn't really go in his rookie season, but tonight he hit. He hit one from about thirty one feet, and it, he had two others of his five made threes that were like probably twenty eight feet, and he like shot an early clock. It was his pull up. That was that notable. his pull up off the dribble shot, especially 
from three looks very, very much more refined. Like he's got great balance. He looks like exactly like he knows what he wants to do. Uh, yeah, there's definite growth in that three point shot. Uh, he's like you said, he's just got to play, man. And, and you know what? He's your first round pick. He's the guy you invested in. You lose nothing by doing it. You, you like, you, you've been, you've been saying this for two weeks. You've been calling it. It helps him. It helps, it helps, uh, James Wiseman. And also you just get to learn. You, you will know at the end of this year, what you think of Jordan Poole, if you play him and, like it's over. We're done. We're done with the uh, not playing them. I, I think they got to be done with it. I don't know if that means Wanamaker is out or not, but you just have to put Jordan Poole in that second unit. Like we've seen one game against a good team that was fully loaded, and the guy looks like he belongs, right? And he 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 won't look like he belongs sometimes. Obviously, like he'll get out there and he'll scuff it up a little bit, but we see what he can do, and for me, that matters as much as anything. Yeah, look, they're they're playing Clippers, Lakers, Jazz their first three games out of the break. He's gonna have a a one of seven game where he, you know, that second unit that he plays in gets destroyed by one of those good teams, and you know, part of it is he missed a, a batch of shots and got beat defensively, and they need to just be like, okay, on to the next night. He's playing those same minutes, you know, and uh, they do it with everybody else. <laughs> well, yeah, not only that, but you know, it's. Steve Kerr was pretty transparent, I thought, tonight. Like, the second half is a, is a developmental half. And that means they might lose more games than they would have if they just, you know... You know, we could talk about the center position. It sounds like Wiseman is very likely going to start coming out of the break. And if he's not the starter, it will be soon. And what Kerr definitely already has said is he's going to play a lot more minutes. Played him 35 minutes tonight. I don't think he's going to be a 35-minute-a-night guy. But he's going to be over 20, I would say, pretty much every game from here on out. And and we can get to how much of a funk he seems to be in mentally right now going into the break and how much he probably needs this mental break. But they're correctly, in my opinion, going to play him a lot more in the second uh, when, when you look at Wiseman's game and what ails him, the answer is minutes. It's literally the only thing that can help him. Right, it's not instruction, it's not technique, it's getting comfortable in his own skin on the NBA basketball court. Like the answer is minutes, and like if they're gonna be committed to him, which they are, they've got to play him. They, they, I mean, they just simply have to play him. Looney, like Draymond, is a playoff player, right? You're never gonna get the value you want out of Looney until you get to the playoffs. Looney's a nice rotation player who does certain things really well and those things come in really handy in the seven game series you don't need to see looney right now you know what you're getting from looney uh you you got to play wiseman and even if he doesn't start him right like he needs he needs to make sure he's in that second i unit. believe they're gonna start yeah, him. They, i believe it only makes sense him. but he just has to get minutes the the the, the antidote is playing time the, like we like we like we said on Warriors plus minus like obviously he can't go to the G League, you know like you ain't sitting a number two pick down there, and also they need a center. But look at Jordan Poole. The answer is minutes, yeah. right? The answer is getting comfortable, finding your groove, like finding yourself. And he he needs confidence, right? He he needs like he needs some feel good. He 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 was more confident six weeks. Absolutely. Ago. He was Better. He was better six weeks he, ago. He's reminded me of uh, 
Monsters Ball. Remember when Halle Berry had Billy Bob Thornton on the couch and she was like, make me feel good. Like, that's James Wise. Monsters Ball. <laughs> 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 make me feel good. He needs to feel good. He needs to go to Steph and say, make me feel good. Like, he just, it's it's really agonizing to watch. Like, you feel bad for him. Like, every mistake, yes. he feels it. He's jumping around. He kind of don't know where to go, and he makes a mistake. And you can see the frustration. Like, he, he he needs some confidence. And the only way he can get that is by playing and playing through mistakes and knowing you're good. Let him foul out. I don't, forget the fouls. Just let him foul out if he fouls out. I know. Out. I've said that, too. I was like, <laughs> when if he gets two fouls early, don't be like, oh, got to pull him to save him for later. Like, no. He gets six fouls in the first Absolutely. quarter. Okay. That, that's the lesson tonight. Um, yeah. I mean, I... I used an example in what I wrote post game, but he tried three like post moves against DeAndre Ayton, and they went horribly. Like you know, he was flailing around. DeAndre Ayton's I mean, you call it brick a post wall moves? in him. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call it. My po- my point is when we talk about lessons and the antidote for him just being minutes to learning what he is. That's a good lesson tonight. Of like, dude. That might have worked when you were in high school in Memphis against just skinny, you know, six foot five white guy who was playing, you were playing against, or, you know, who did he play in college? Who were the three games? It was Oregon, and it was like, you know, South Carolina State Tech or something like that. You know, <laughs> Memphis th- those were those post moves were working. You were going right through for that dunk. Can you imagine being like on South Carolina State and guarding him? Yeah, by the absolutely way? right. Like uh, seven two, jump but, up the gym. It's like you know he's you know his in his mind he's like ooh I want to get to my post move you know I'm a skilled player I've been doing this my whole life tonight it was like oh yeah well guess what DeAndre Ayton is just gonna stop you pretty much every it's time like yeah me and uh, Jaron Collins we worked on this now I get to use it right yeah <laughs> I was, was killing Jaron Collins in practice <laughs> <laughs> it was so premeditated it was so like okay now I'm a spin and then the guy then you know he didn't even move Ayton Ayton's like yeah I'm right here buddy. Uh, take this flail and trash shot or get it yeah. blocked, right? Yeah, just- exactly. But my, but for him to learn that tonight's good because when Steph and uh, Draymond come back, he needs to know like that just shouldn't be part of the offense. And he needs to understand why that's not part of the offense because I think in his mind he's like, look, I'm, I'm a good offensive player. Like, why can't we go to me? And I think the more he's out there and he realizes, well, this is not working against the DeAndre Aytons of the world, against the Marcus Oles of the world. Yeah, I should just be a rim runner. I should pick and pop some. Uh, I should, you know, particularly with Curry and Draymond out there. Now, look, you get to garbage time, you let him try some of that. Today was basically 48 minutes of garbage time. That's why I don't mind him trying that nah, to learn that it's not it working against eight. By the way, uh, oh. Illinois-Chicago was the third team. Illinois-Chicago. Illinois, he was four for four with 17 points and nine rebounds. There you well, go. Look at, um, look at him. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The rebounding, though. You know, and it's what Kerr pinpointed post game. I mean, they 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 were the worst rebounding team in the league when he was in the starting lineup. They got better when he was out of the starting lineup. He's he 
you know, year five, James Wiseman needs to be a 12 rebound a game monster, really. But year one, James Wiseman, and really second half of his rookie season, as he now is about to get more responsibility on a team that still has playoff aspirations. They may be prioritizing development more. Steph Curry and Draymond Green want to make the playoffs. He has to rebound better. He does not have to grab 12 rebounds a game and battle Aiton and Cantor. Um, but he can't just be getting shoved around as easily as he has the last couple nights. Um, and, you know, some of that's alertness, timing, but some of it's just like, dude, he's just got to start being more physical. Yes, for me, that's that's even more important than the rebound, right? That's For me, that's bigger because even if he doesn't actually get the ball, if he's felt in the paint, it's going to impact rebounding, right? If he's occupying, uh, uh, you know, I guess offensive players or, you know, if, if, there, if there are people who know, like, we got to block out James Wiseman, right? The dude is huge, so we might need to do too. Like, that matters. That helps with the rebounding. And it's just, like, it's, it's also going to be a challenge of, like, how much he wants it. And what's his heart like? Like, that's it's going to be a bit of that. Like, I mean, it's do you want the ball? It's really that simple. Do you want the ball? Are you willing to go get it? And if he just learns that lesson this year, it might all be worth it, right? Because the mindset that it takes to rebound, I think it'll help him catching the ball. I think it'll help him in the post. I think it'll help him in every part of his game because it's the aggressiveness and the, you know, being okay with contact. Like, that's basically what he needs. So if he gets the rebounding part, it will impact the rest of his game. I just I just want to see him go in there and just wreck. Like, I think you've said this before. Like, go get some offensive fouls. Jump over some people's back. Knock yes. some people over. Like, so what? Just go recklessly grab the rebound, period. Don't get the little I touch agree. fouls. Just go in there and be like, yo, I'm about to get this rebound. And if somebody catch your elbow, my bad. Particularly on the offensive glass. You know, you don't want him necessarily defensively going too crazy. Now, you, you need to teach him defensively, box out. Do not let Ennis Cantor get under you and leverage you before the ball's even in the air. Because, I mean, Ennis Cantor is a genius at that. That's literally the only reason why he's in the NBA is because he just knows how to do that. He needs to read a scouting report and understand that aspect of rebounding. Offensively, I tell him early in each half, before you're in the bonus, attack every offensive rebound you can and if you get over the back fouls and if you get rebounding fouls whatever, whatever you know yep. it's that's basically side out of bounds and the, you know it's basically like they got the rebound you also get a foul on your ledger and maybe you do foul out okay then looney's playing you know it's yeah i mean because they do need to instill that mindset and i know they are i mean did you see during the portland game where um Canner got him twice for for putback yeah. and one putbacks, and then in the second half he actually did box Canner out well, got the rebound, and as he got it and he's handing it over to Draymond, Draymond is yelling in his face, "Yes, yes!" Because it was clear like that's all he had been hammering in his head, like just box this guy out, do not, you know, get fooled or or muscled by him. So, yeah, I mean he's just gonna have to learn. And guess what? You know what else is gonna have to learn? The, you know, the fan base watching us as people who are following this team, the coaches, like this is going to be, you know, a, a rocky second half for James Wiseman. But they're just going to have to go through it. These coaches are, the fan base is, Steph Curry is, Draymond Green is. Um, 
because they'll be better for it because he'll be better for it. Here's what's interesting. Guess who leads the team? I like rebound rate more than rebounds per game. Guess who leads the team in rebound rate? Well, take out Marquise Chris is at the top, but he's only played two games, right? Guess who leads the team in rebound, rebound percentage? Steph's having a really good rebounding season. He is, but. Oubre, too. Wiseman. Wiseman grabs 14.8% of the rebounds when he's on the court. He doesn't get him out of his area. Nah, but he that also should, but that, he, that, the point can't. is, this is what he's doing when he can't rebound. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what happens when he learns how to rebound? Now he's up there with the elite rebounders where they're grabbing over 20% of the rebounds while they're on the court. He's leading the team in rebound percentage, and he can't rebound. Like all the potential is there. Like he 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 can be a monster if he just gets that part, that mental part. But yeah. what's it's funny you say that he I thought he was terrible on the glass tonight, and he had like ten rebounds, <laughs> he had right. a double double. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I remember. Mean, I don't remember him getting eleven rebounds. Yo, like there, there yeah, was 11, no way. There, there was no. He's like eleven rebounds. Like no way he got eleven rebounds. He got eleven. Yeah, rebounds. you're like if it, I think his. The best play of his season might have been that offensive rebound put back against the Spurs that like capped his really big night where it was like in traffic. It was power. And like you if you do that, you show you can do that. Do you worry about his mental like you know, he's talking about needing the break. Part of why part of why they drafted Wiseman, part of why they believe he will work is because he they like his mentality. Right? But our is what we're seeing, does it make you worry about whether that mentality is as strong as, as we think? Uh, because he like he's he's getting really frustrated with himself and we're seeing that that's not good for his play. Like he seems to be regressing from a mentality standpoint. Are you, are, is that something you think is a concern? Yeah. Well, look, you know, I, I wrote a really long thing on him early in the season where, you know, I talked to Penny Hardaway for a while. Um, and you know, I talked to him for a while. I probably sat down with him for what, you know, 20 minutes or so. Um, and you, that is his flaw, his, his aversion to physicality, you know, and, but the, and the perfectionist side of him also, but at the same time, you know, talk to Steve about this too. Um, they think his general mindset while it's hurting him now is going to be good in the off season in the years to come because he's going like their thought is he's going to work really hard in the summers. You know, that's not true of all young players. You know, a lot of young players, Hey, it's the off season. Can't, you know, see you in camp. Right. That's the next yeah, time absolutely. I'm going to really concern myself. I, I got with this my new money. I got to spend. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and like their thought is long over the long haul, his obsession with like wanting to be good will pay off but it's it's clearly got him in his head now because he's he's not a good nba player right now and i you can see him wrestling with himself of like why am i not good yeah and, it's a struggle i i really and, believe some of these moves he think are like yo i'm about to i'm about to i'm about to cook him with this oh <laughs> like, for sure <laughs> because again think about you know think about who he used to go against it's, it's kind of funny though Slater like <laughs> but the move the move is just like mad basic though right it's just like yeah I'm about to yeah I'm about sometimes to it is face but, and pivot and then throw up a hook like yeah 
Well, what it's funny because we've talked about it on the podcast. It randomly clicks, you know, once out of every seven times, like that Hornets game when he did it on P.J. Washington. You know, it was bad defense by P.J. Washington. And he, he shades right when Wiseman does like the one dribble with the right, giving him the opening to do the spin back dunk. But like when you physically can do that, when you can put, a, you know, I said it to Nate Duncan that night on the podcast. I said, if I walked you in the arena, you did not, you were at basketball. You knew everything about basketball, but you didn't know who was good in the NBA. And I said, look at that move right there. You might go, Man, that's a top 10 player right there. You know, like that is like an absolute superstar singular move, singular eight second clip. And when you can do that, Facts. when you physically did that, I can understand the thinking. Like that's a great. I want to do this spot, all right? the time. That's an that's an that's an unparalleled starting spot. Like we're gonna start from your ability to do that and build, right? Like that. Yeah, but also, it just it. I can see that getting in your mind. Like if I can't, if like I have done that before, I believe. Well, I can do this and score twenty six a night in the league, because I'll just do that move every time. Watch, I'm about to do that move on DeAndre Ayton, and then it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. But you need to learn that, right? I mean, I don't know. This is is all about all these experiences are great. All of them, every single one of them, getting benched, getting stuff. Little, I mean, I do think he needs some more wins out there. Like he needs some more like positive things because he needs to, he needs to get out of his head and feel better about his play. But even like these these struggles. It's all helping him just because he just hasn't played enough basketball. So every single he, thing he does is helping him. I'd because of the way he's looked the last few games. I if if that's all I'd seen of him, I would really worry about him long term. I worry less about him because of I've seen him have good games against decent teams and saw how that built a rhythm for him. Like when he did have twenty against the Spurs yeah. and dunked eight times, like. He was happy that night. And remember when he had 25 against the Wolves and he he hit three wing threes in the first half and he came off two pin downs, hit a couple threes, and then he was like sticking his tongue out at Steph who was like smiling at him and stuff. And then he suddenly had like three or four pretty good games, you know, in a row. And it's like, I just think he needs, like you said, I just think he needs a few good games in wins in Chase Center where, you know, it's like there's a vibe around it. Um and that would help him. No, he has massive flaws that I that some I think can be helped now. Some are like long term. Some are with the hands, all that stuff. But again, I, I feel like sometimes I feel like we get too deep into the Wiseman conversation because I mean it's very interesting. It's very impactful for and it's for like, yeah, the it's huge. Of the it's team. huge. It's a big it's, deal. It's, right? yeah, no it's massive. Um, but I want to, you know, we're already near thirty minutes, so we I want to talk get... a little Nico, though. Let's go. We got to talk. Okay, a little go. Nico. Give me, give me your quick Nico Mannion, and then give me your quick like wider scope as this team goes to the second half. But go on, Nico Mannion. Started played thirty-one minutes tonight. Do you have a Nico Mannion take? So I saw Nico at Steph's camp. Yeah, I accidentally muted myself. I saw Nico at Steph's camp, and he looked like the player from tonight and the player we've seen in the G League. Uh, he just looks more comfortable taking the shots. I love the pace that he plays with. I like the one my one watching this team tonight reminded me one of the things I don't like about the second unit. They're too slow. They're always walking the ball up. They're always like. It's always Wiggins and it's always Wanamaker, like taking their time, like they're in the Eastern Conference. So 
watching Nico. Look at kinda, their ratings. <laughs> they're not, look at their offensive and defensive ratings. They're not in the Eastern Conference. They're in 1992. Yeah. I, I liked how Nico was just all over the place. Just energy, just all over the place. Him and him and Poole, right? Just they're just moving. I, I like the vibes of Nico. He he shot better from three than I've ever seen him shoot. He looked really comfortable. I think one of them was like a 28 footer. Uh, listen, if if the second half is about development, man, <laughs> man, like, can you imagine Steve Kerr though? Like, he already doesn't think Jordan Poole can play defense. You know he's got to feel like who is Nico Mannion guarding, right? So it's probably not gonna happen. But the energy, the feel, the pace, the passing, it was very refreshing after watching. Uh, uh, Brad Wanamaker's style of play, right? Where and, and Andrew Wiggins style of play. Like that that is how the Warriors should be playing. That right there is how yeah. the Warriors should be playing. And Nico's got that. Yeah. I mean, and if he's planning to play Poole and Wanamaker together in the second unit, why not have nights where it's Poole and um Mannion? They they developed a nice little chemistry in the bubble. They played a lot together and, and both had you know, good stints down there. You know why? Because they got to be a top five defense, and they can't. Yeah, they can't. Yeah. They can't afford it. So on to the uh, the overall picture. Yeah, uh, I, I actually send us out on on just what you think of this team. I actually think this was. Like it, it's hard to say it wasn't. This was a disappointing, just because they're not a nineteen and eighteen team. I mean, they are, but they just could have been so much better. And you're seeing teams like Portland like San Antonio play above like their ability. So there there's there's a great possibility here for them. There was a great possibility for them to really like just to really maximize what they had and they missed it. And th- they should have a chance to get it back, but they might just be trying to get back to even at that point after the gauntlet, right? So there is some disappointment. But with that said, this is about what we thought, right? Like, this is literally, uh, we talked about this. It was like <laughs> 5 to 9, 5 to 10. Like, that's that's what they would be. Hollinger put them at 11. We were like, ah, it could be 11, but I think they're, they'll fall somewhere in between. And they're in that space. They're uh, three games behind Portland, the fifth seed. They're four and a half games behind the Clippers. Well, you know, top four seeds are out. They're done. They're not, they're not catching... They're not even close to Utah, Phoenix, no, Lakers, five, Clippers. Five is now their top. Five is their absolute peak, right? And you, you look, you see them play Portland. You could say they can play with Portland, right? Uh, Portland didn't have CJ McCollum and 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 Nurkic, but you just feel like they could play with Portland. I actually think Denver's better than them, even though Denver was struggling. Uh, but they they might find their footing and. So I still I'm still seeing six or seven like I, I still see it. Dallas though Dallas has been da- Dallas had oh Dallas he's eight two done. yeah. See I'm not yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan of Dallas and I'm still not that sold on Dallas, but it's hard to argue with eight and two like the, the this is something the Warriors just haven't done. They haven't won eight of ten like they haven't gone on that streak yeah. and they had the opportunity to. That's that's pretty much why it's disappointing. So if the is there a chance they get to the sixth seed? It's possible, uh, which is what they want to do to avoid the playing game. But by and large, this is what this is this is what we thought, and I think they should have been better. 
I re- I really do think they should they should at least have they should at least be like twenty one and fifteen. I think they should be up there with Portland, Denver for the five seed, not down there with Memphis, right? Like uh, and you know yeah maybe Dallas. I don't know what the hell San Antonio's doing. Like how is this even working? That team is. I agree, <laughs> but in general, what you're talking about is the that loss in Dallas, the loss in San Antonio, with the thing with Draymond at the end. Obviously, the Orlando Charlotte, the, the 17 point blown lead, the 13 point blown lead, and you know the Portland game. Yeah, you the can other throw night. that in there just because like, they missed layups. It wasn't like they just got beat. They missed. They missed layups. So yeah, they. But they, yeah, I mean, uh, if if three of those results swing back the other way, it's it's a different look going into the second half. But it didn't. They're nineteen and eighteen. They're going to prioritize development a bit more. They have a tough start to the second half. The schedule does soften. They do end the season with I think something like eight of eleven at home, six game homestand. So I don't. Know, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, Marcus, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we're taking a full break for a week you know i think the next time you're gonna hear us will be warriors clippers thursday night next thursday night to open the second half one final question for you marcus yes or no does steph curry win the three-point contest no he's like one for six steph doesn't it's not it's not big enough you heard it here you heard it here first (laughs) all right talk to you in the second half. all right As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.